Hello, Tip Yips, and happy Life Day. Welcome back to Rosé Till Christmas Day, a podcast that invites you to uncork a bottle and sit back and watch some cheesy, with an asterisk, Christmas movies. With me, your host, uh, Emma. I'm not Abby. I'm Emma. <laughs> I God am damn it, Emma! <laughs> I won't, we're doing this! I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Abby. I'm Abby. <laughs> She's mine. <laughs> we're not the same person. I am Drew. <laughs> I am Dan. You're not the same person. We have similar lives. We may have similar lives, but we are different nonetheless. <laughs> We're in a fucking mood today. Oh my god, are we ever. This it's is going to be a very been... atypical episode of Rosé. <laughs> We're going off script. Like, completely yeah. off script today. I'm hopeful that this will be a semi-coherent episode as a result. But, uh... Yeah, we have some things to say to this week, and uh, our Star Wars was not comforting this week, so we're <laughs> we're in a mood. I hope mm-hmm. you're ready. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neither our Star uh, Wars nor our cheap asterisk cheesy Christmas movies were comforting this week. <laughs> no, they it's just been a weekend of pain. <laughs> I think that's part of the reason why I've just been having a really blah day. I'm just like, I don't have it. The resources to do this what no nothing went the way it was supposed to goodness me yeah (sighs) anyway Anyway. abby what are you drinking today what are you Um, drowning your sorrows in this (laughs) (laughs) um i am not having anything alcoholic today because i don't feel very good (laughs) um i've had like cold like symptoms for about a week now and so I'm very, Ew. like, co- yeah, I know. I'm really, like, con- not congested, but, like, snotty. And I have post-nasal drip, so um, I'm not Ew. drinking alcohol because I don't want to feel ickier. So I have water um, and also uh, calamansi juice because that is always a good, helpful thing for me to drink when I feel icky. Yeah. I have my boozy coffee because I was like, I don't know what else to make, but I need to drink. So a cup of coffee at six thirty at night. Yeah, but it has booze in it, so it counteracts. What? Uh, Okay, you're the nurse, not me. (laughs) It's uh, this is not medical. Do not take anything (laughs) I say on this podcast as medical information, because I will definitely lose my license. Please don't take anything I say on this podcast as therapeutic advice. (laughs) We are licensed professionals, so everything is just meant in the name of entertainment. I promise. Okay, bye. (laughs) What kind of booze do you put in your coffee? Well, espresso booze. Oh, lovely. So then I put my holiday nog in as creamer mm. so it's Christmassy. nice not really doing the job but it's it's wow. something wow you tried hey for effort do you feel festive today emma <laughs> um no <laughs> did you do anything no. this week to get in the holiday spirit oh that's the question we're asking yes um, I made a gingerbread village when I was oh, watching yeah, yeah. Happiest Season. It's not good. I Cute. thought it was like, 
I thought it was like I thought I was like a genius for making a cake and like I'm very proud of the cake because I made my own frosting to go on top of it but I'm also not a baker and have no access to baking tools so it looks horrible (laughs) (laughs) beautiful. oh thank you so uh that's kind of where i'm at and then i was watching happiest season with it which was a very interesting combination (laughs) um and i'm still working on the dried citrus garland because i managed to get my Mm. hand on some grapefruit and some limes to make it a little more interesting so add a little spice (laughs) add a little <laughs> we spend too much time on tiktok what can i yeah. say <laughs> yeah. um i don't remember if i said it last week but chris put up our outside christmas lights and they're very pretty um we have we use we typically use white lights just because we like the cleaner look um, and so they're on the garage and then on the bushes and around our front door. But then Chris also got some like um, color lights that we use to like frame our like the little spot of grass that we get in our townhouse uh, in the front yard. And it just it looks really nice and cozy. And I guess I guess my way of getting into the Christmas spirit this week has been like admiring my neighborhood's uh, Christmas lights as they've gone up. Uh, while hmm. I take my walk with with Chuck um, every evening, so that's nice. That always that makes me feel good. Is seeing all of the lights. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wish I could have. I wish I, I. I. The thing is, is that I am basically cooping myself up in my house, which I think is another reason why I'm kind of blah today. Yeah. Um. Is like I'm cooping myself up in my house because the numbers in my area are completely out of control. So I haven't really gone out and the Christmas lights this year. Yeah. It's just kind of bumming me out. So that's the only way I get out now <laughs> is by taking the dog <laughs> for a walk. Yeah. And even in my neighborhood, even if nobody's like out, I'm still wearing a mask because like it's out of control in my area too because people. A lot of people in my area are like anti-maskers maskers, and they won't enforce the um, indoor dining ban. So that's fun. Um, but I've been self-isolating in the house since the 16th of November. Mm. It is now the 29th. Um, and like I know that lots of people have been doing that for months. And congratulations, you had the privilege to do that for months. I did not because I had to go to work. Um, but thankfully, I've been able to work from home for the past two weeks. But, it, you know. It does. You, you get antsy. So being able to go outside, even when it's cold, and see all the Christmas lights when I'm walking the dog is nice. Yeah. And then you get to, like, spend time with your dog, too. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, I love seeing their little butts wiggle as they walk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? It's about time of year for Chuck to get his Christmas sweater out. I love that mm-hmm. Christmas sweater. Mm-hmm. We have to, he got, he's got to get groomed first because he's stinky. Stinky boy, stinky boy. Stinky boy. Les Bomb didn't like rip my heart out the way that happiest season did and not no. like a good 
good like oh my god that ripped my heart out like no it ripped my fucking heart out no lesbo the first time i watched lesbo i was so angry because i was just so angry with like how this family was treating everything mm-hmm. like nothing like it was so frustrating to watch so just as a brief breakdown um a woman is trying to bring her girlfriend to thanksgiving so she can like come out of the closet and like you know spend time with like her favorite people in the world all together for like this big holiday um and she keeps trying to come out of the closet and literally nobody will fucking listen to her nobody will no. fucking listen to her nobody fucking she tries like i think at least 10 hundred times mm-hmm. and there's always a distraction there's always a reason there's always a reason to talk over her and i was like you i this this no no mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. no and then it becomes it, then it comes down to it and like it comes and like she kind of comes out but she's also like not really come to terms with the fact that she's fucking gay yeah that kind of came out of nowhere and I was like, what the fuck is this? Usually, I, well, mm. you no, know, everybody's queer journey is different. But, like, I feel like I wouldn't be wanting to come out to my family if I wasn't, like, comf- not, you know, but, like, sure and comfortable and understanding of the fact that I'm queer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, she's well, still like, got to deal like, with some internalized homophobia. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I was, like, so, like, it wasn't until, like, I was, like, fully come to terms with the fact that I was gay, that I was like, okay, now I got to tell the people who mean the most to me. Like, Mm -hmm. that came to my mind before I was even like, let's find a girlfriend. I'm like, no, like, I need to tell, like, I need to tell people. Right. So. Right. I think, think while we're on that kind of topic real quick, I think this episode is going to be a lot of us sharing our own personal stories and such as, Mm -hmm. as two queer women. Um, and I, I don't know if I just want to throw this on here because for some folks, maybe like talking about the coming out process or your understanding that you were queer or internalized homophobia um, or any of like the emotional abuse aspects that we're going to talk about with Happiest Season. I just want to throw a trigger warning out there for y'all because um, I have a feeling we're going to have lots of feelings <laughs> yeah. in this episode. Yeah. But anyway, let's Bob. So. <laughs> let's Bob. So, um, yeah, it's it was probably one of the most frustrating films I ever had to watch. Now that mm-hmm. I've watched it a second time for this show and watching it after Happiest Season, I have a much mm-hmm. better appreciation for what it's... Mm-hmm. I think the fact that nobody's listening to her is kind of trying to be zany, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I see what you're doing. It's not as angry. It's not as anger-inducing because, like, but there's also like a reason why nobody's really listening to her i don't know what about you um, (laughs) like they're uh, the family is so annoying and like just straight up rude Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. like I, i agree i think they were trying to be portrayed as zany in that they just keep talking over each other all the time and saying like weird shit and stuff like that but like it didn't come across as zany to me. It came across as annoying and rude and not caring about the other people in your family enough to like listen to them. Um, Especially when they've communicated to you multiple times throughout the day that they have something important that they want to talk to you about. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) come on now. (laughs) If they're stealing themselves to try and say something to you, like maybe you can shut up Mm -hmm. and listen for like two seconds. And I think the other thing that kind of bothers me is like, this is a story that takes place 
throughout the day. So we're only seeing like two hours worth of story that takes place with like throughout the day. Right. So in my mind, I'm also like, no, that means that there was plenty of time. Mm-hmm. He just still didn't listen to her. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. And yeah. there's also like this weird like combat aspect, but that's also kind mm-hmm. of like just like what? Like yeah. Oh. So we have I don't we even have... want to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> I, we need to, but yeah. <laughs> we have we have Lauren as our our main character and her girlfriend Haley and then um her roommate Austin and those are like our three kind of main young people if you will Mm -hmm. and they're all going over to Lauren's for Thanksgiving and there is some like weird compulsory heterosexuality with um Austin and Lauren and also just some really uncomfortable stuff with that friendship as a whole so like yeah. Austin and Lauren are roommates and they've been roommates for three years, which is nice. And they seem yeah. like they get along very well and they're very close. We find out that at some point they had sex. Um, yep. Long before she start, long before Lauren started dating Haley. Um, but it, you know, it was probably another moment of compulsory heterosexuality because mm-hmm. it's a bitch. Well, um, and like. There's also the fact that, like, you know, they were roommates and they obviously got along. So, like, right? Yeah, sure. Why not? Sometimes, you know? sometimes, you, sometimes you're gonna fuck your roommate, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's like that's the vibe that like the film would have yeah, given yeah. off if like it was just like if she was like able to express that properly. It's like like she obviously felt a closeness to him and she like pursued that romantically yeah. and realized that it didn't work. Yeah. I think that's a very queer experience of, you know, Mm -hmm. like, it. it, oh, I have very strong feelings for this person. Um, That must mean it's romantic rather than like, I just have strong feel. I can have strong platonic feelings for somebody. Um, But and also like disseminating like platonic feelings from romantic feelings, especially when it comes to like the opposite sex. Yeah. Is super duper confusing yeah for a lot of women like i i cannot overstate this enough like there's a reason why i still label myself as queer as opposed to bisexual or lesbian because i don't feel like i fit and into either of those boxes comfortably and it has to do with how we interact with men in our world and yeah. i just would have liked to have seen it like it, it's obviously like a part of a lot of people's stories i just would have liked to have seen just a little bit more nuance when mm. it came to that because it was almost seen as like a betrayal that she had slept with this man before yeah. she met Haley. yeah yeah and like also it was- like how is it a betrayal then like i know there's this weird competitiveness between Haley and Austin. I feel like it was maybe something that wasn't divulged and that absolutely should have been divulged, especially yeah. if they're still oh, since they live together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in that case, I can kind of see Haley's viewpoint, but at the same time, like it, it was something that happened. So. Right. Right. And yeah. a lot, a lot of, a lot of lesbian women, which, which uh, Lauren does identify as a lesbian. Like, a lot mm-hmm. of lesbian women have slept with men before realizing that they're gay. Mm-hmm. Um, or even after they realize that they are queer, 
Like there are a lot of folks that go through the, oh, okay, well I must be bi. And then, oh, I'm lesbian. And then maybe back to bi and then a lesbian, you know, cause sexuality is weird and confusing and fluid. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, yeah, the, it, I feel like part of the, the quote unquote betrayal of that was like, oh, like, is she really queer then? Because she slept yeah. with her roommate years ago or whenever it was. Well, and then, and then that's like almost further reiterated when there, when he decides to like romantically pursue her, even though yeah. she is trying so fucking hard to come up to her family and it is not working. And he's right. witnessing this and he is someone who is very important in our life and he's seeing this and he's like, but I know you went, like, he almost goes into, like, this nice guy yeah. game where he's like, I know you, we we get along so well, like, we should be together. And it's like, he hasn't been paying attention to the last several years, and so suddenly there's this whole other layer of betrayal on top of all yeah. that. Yeah. <sighs> like, yeah. And, like, he kisses her. Um, yeah. After that declaration, and it's just, like... It... <sighs> It also felt, uh, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but because, like, he obviously fucking knows that she's a lesbian, duh, Mm -hmm. and, like, knows that, yeah, they had sex at some point a while ago, and it didn't mean anything to either of them, but now all of a sudden, like, she's interesting as a romantic partner. Um, It, I don't know, I'm probably reading into it. It's, like, it feels very, like, I can make you like men. Yeah. Or, like, I can be the exception. Or, Mm. you know, it's not even, like, you know, you could be bi. It's, you know, that's fine. And, like, Mm -hmm. it wasn't a conversation that was had. It was just an assumption that you belong to me. And that made me feel so gross. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There is, let's, let's, while we're on the topic of Austin, like, the the way this character and his interactions had to be written were really gross. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> like at first it started off great like he seemed like the i cool thought he was friend. fantastic yeah i loved him at first he was like, the himbo he was in this lesbian yeah life, and it was great he, he likes was... smoked turkey for some right. reason <laughs> right like he was funny he was a good friend he got along well with her family like it's just he was a good character and then we had to start with like this weird well this isn't an Austin critique. It's, you know, the writing about Austin. But, like, so Lauren's parents are like, oh, her and Austin are together. And they're sleeping together. And so Lauren's dad goes out with Austin and, like, takes him to a lake and, like, threatens him because he's mm-hmm. sleeping with his daughter. And one, gross, that's patriarchy there. But also optics, man. Yeah. Optics, you Dave Filoni looking white ass motherfucker. I know. Threatening the life of a black no! man. Like, what the I hell? Know. You dare steal the virginity of your lily white lady child. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, okay, and this movie came out in 2018. It is not that yeah. old. Like, no. This was optics. well within the time. This is well within the time where these conversations were having, were happening. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, sorry. Sorry. Chris just Chris just got home and I'm assuming he's putting his uniform in the, the laundry, but he sent me a text. You tell him, B. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, babe. <That's> <laughs> <laughs> you 
<laughs> but then also like hi, hi baby hi okay bye <laughs> do you want to take the dog here go on check <laughs> sorry my other issue with Austin's character, so not Austin as a character, but the interactions that Austin is forced to go through is also with the 13-year-old girl or however old she is. Mm -hmm. um, the child of the, the one guy and also Meredith Blake from the parent trap. Um, yeah. <laughs> and like, That's all I can see when I see that woman. Yeah. Like, it's the stepmother from the parent trap! <laughs> <laughs> Um, like, <sighs> I just can't believe somebody wrote that. Like, somebody thought writing it was okay. Like, somebody was writing this film and thought it was okay to have a, a minor, like, be portrayed as being super into this grown-ass adult and then also not looking at the optics of it being a young white girl and an older black man. Like, yeah. <sighs> So I have a lot of angry feelings about this movie that are outside of the of the queer stuff in terms of it's just bad optics. Um, mm. So when I say it's slightly more redeeming than Happiest Season, I mean in the way that it portray ends up portraying its queer characters, not in anything else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does a better job of accountability for the main yes. character shitty actions yes i agree so <laughs> i agree just yeah, slightly though just slightly it's, yeah it's it's just a weird film like everything about it i just i mm, it's a weird film <laughs> like that it's a more of a story about a working yeah. class family because there's a lot of <laughs> <laughs> movies that are about like like especially with white willow <laughs> movies like very i'm well and like white willow <laughs> movies like are the dominant <laughs> factor in all of like it are very dominant in willow yeah. cinema so like let's just make that very clear but a lot of it is about like these very upper class people yeah because i i suppose there's a safety in being upper class and being able to come out yeah or being able to do that because there's less of a risk uh financially of you being like completely shoved aside um right. but this is a working class family like her mom runs a motel i'm sure mm -hmm. they do okay but like this is clearly a working class family her dad looks like dave filoni so <laughs> <laughs> who's very much not working class but like has that working class vibe the fucking hat so... isn't it <laughs> No, it's that weird little grin. It is. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. He's like, a, no, the dad is literally just like a short day Filoni with no hat. It's very weird. It is very, very weird. <laughs> He's also a misogynist to boot, so. Yeah. <laughs> T. Yeah. Um, I think what makes Lesbom less offensive in terms of the way it handles its queer characters than Happiest Season is like, yes, it's a shitty situation that honestly, like it partly is Lauren's fault. Like you didn't have to wait until Thanksgiving to come out to your yeah. family and introduce your girlfriend at that coming out. Yeah. Like that doesn't sound like a good plan. Um, but also like her family sucks. 
and doesn't want to yeah. give her the time of day. Yeah. I don't I don't remember where I was going with this. Oh, oh. Well, exactly. Um, she doesn't act, she is at no point actively cruel. Yes, that's what I was trying Haley. to get to. She's not she, mean to Haley. Like she just fucks no. up. She is like, yeah, like she's like holding on her face time and time again. And like at some point Haley's just like, "Hey, sort your shit out." And then there is at one point where they're talking and like Haley's just about to leave and Lauren's like, I don't want to be gay. And Haley's yeah. like, what the fuck? Okay, so we're clearly not on the same page on right. anything. I need to go. Right. That's all it is. So, right. you know. Like, it's not, like, Haley doesn't leave because Lauren is cruel. awful to her. Yeah. It's because, like, Lauren clearly can't get her shit together in terms yeah. of their relationship and doesn't want to get her shit together right now. So I'm going to remove myself from that situation because I'm not your coming out story. No, it's just about the messiness of humanity in some ways. Yeah. And this is a very messy movie. It's very low budget indie. So it's messy Mm -hmm. in like filmmaking terms at times too, but it, I think it does. I, I, I think on second watch, it does its job a lot better. Yeah. But it could be that my bar is through the fucking ground after. Yeah, I yeah I watched it after Happiest Season, and so like I think I had way more room to forgive this movie than I might have otherwise. Um, but like I mean I think the obviously there are a shit ton of differences, but like one of the biggest differences between Lesbom and Happiest Season is there's character growth in terms of our main characters, like. Like, Lauren accepts responsibilities for her actions, and she takes time to self-reflect. Like, she moves out at the end of the movie. Like, she moves into her own Mm -hmm. apartment to remove herself from Austin. um, Mm Kind of give herself a fresh queer start. And, like, (laughs) takes her time to get her shit together before going and and winning Haley back with her declaration of love at a yoga studio. Um, (laughs) Like, she she does her... She does... we can argue of whether or not it was long enough, but like she does her time in terms of like, Oh, I need to figure myself out. I still have Mm -hmm. a lot of issues revolving my identity and I need to figure that out on my own before I bring somebody else into it. Yeah. And also like, you can kind of tell from like the yoga studio confession, which eh. (laughs) (laughs) don't interrupt her yoga, do it after class. It's fine. You can wait. 15 more minutes. It's fine. She's not even in Shavasana. (laughs) (laughs) Let her get there. You're you're just like messing with her rhythm and it's not cool. (laughs) Um, But basically, like you kind of tell that Haley's had time to cool off because that was a very fucked up day and tensions were high. And she's like, yeah, of course. Like, um, and you kind of get the idea that she's, um, she's ready to like move forward as well. Yeah. Like this was, they, they needed a timeout and it was, it was a good timeout. And now yeah. they're just happy and gay. I don't think that they're, I think they're similar to like when we were talking about holidays with Sloan and whatever the fuck the guy's name is, um, mm-hmm. where we're like, we don't think that they're, we didn't think that they were going to make it past like two years. Um, mm-hmm. But they would be the last relationship before V1. Like, this is the Mm -hmm. relationship that teaches them what they want out of a relationship. I feel like Mm -hmm. that's the same for Lauren and Haley 
just because yeah. of how rocky of a start they got off to. But like, yeah. at least they don't come out of the movie engaged to be married after all. Of that. <laughs> they still have a road ahead. Like we uh, did, they move in together. Yes, they did. Yes, they, yeah, she they asked did her to move in. Yeah, they did. You <laughs> it, but... But you know what? You, know, you, you do get the vibe. It's been a couple. It's been a couple months at least. So like, it's not like a two week situation. Right. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we forgive the lesbians for that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so when in, it comes that... to you hauling, the bar is on the ground. Yeah, like... yeah, yeah. Just do what you got to do, man. Like you're you hauling yeah. after three hours on the first date. I get it. <laughs> Just, no, don't do Times that. Are tough. Don't do that. Don't do that. You don't know them. Don't do that. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, I mean, like, I feel like I could go into Lesbom for a long time and be like, here are all the things that I really don't like. But I think at the end of the day, like, it's not a terrible movie as it does have some redeeming. It earns a bit of redemption at the end of the film. Yeah. Um, in terms of the character, the 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 story surrounding Lauren coming out and being in a relationship with a woman, um, there are a lot of other issues that I have with the movie, like you know the way Austin yeah. is written and the situations he's written into, um, the weird way they dealt with the teenage girl. Yeah, just mm, yeah. you're a grown ass woman. You you know treating teenage girls like that is really creepy. Don't do it. Because mm-hmm. the woman who is the the woman who stars in the movie also wrote, direct, and produced it. Like this is yeah. an indie film. This is an yeah. indie film. So, yeah. So it's just it's fine. Yeah. I think yeah. I think it's just. I think I'm much more willing to accept it as like uh just a study in the messiness of families and humanity (laughs) and for that i am willing to say okay but on the other hand i'm like but it didn't have to be that messy yeah yeah (laughs) you know agreed agreed so it's just a lot Mm -hmm. so what would you say was the best part of this movie um the fact that lauren is able to pull her head out of her ass and admit that she she did mess up and like yeah. it wasn't like yes her family was being shitty to her like by mm-hmm. actively not listening to her and all of that but at the same time like she was able to recognize like oh well you know this didn't have to be the first time i came out so yeah the fact that she's able to recognize her mistakes and try and rectify them uh is the best part which is sad <laughs> yeah there's also the fact that she's willing to like talk it out with her mom and be like I said this yeah. and her mom's like oh oh and then they kind of like talk about it and she like she's managed she is she's able to put into words what has just been kind of floating in her brain for a while and I think that also is like kind of what secures her in her queerness is like this conversation yeah. with her mom where she's like yeah like I've had sex with guys in the past but with girls it just clicks and like yes that's it that's it mm-hmm. that's how you know you are gay right that's it that's what you need to make your peace with you know yeah so and that is the most liberating part of it all is that <sighs> it's not just it I, I, i'm going maybe i'm projecting a little bit too much but like 
that's the part where you don't have to like when you don't have to hide that part of yourself that part that you know just feels so right is like probably one of the most liberating happiest feelings that you can feel right honestly and i'm glad that she was able to speak that you know yeah yeah i agree so that's actually no that's the part i really liked was that chat with her mom afterward and like her mom was even a little humble was like yep i fucked up too (laughs) yes yes and Uh, it didn't feel it didn't feel like her mom was like kind of sorting things out like out loud it was just like they were kind of meeting and they were kind of like kind of going okay and like Mm -hmm. the things that they've been thinking about over the last night are finally coming to a head and this is what it is you know so right what would you say is the worst everything else (laughs) (laughs) Um, i guess everything with austin and then also the random jump of intern like random pop out of internalized homophobia in a situation Mm -hmm. that i mean again like everybody's queer journey is different so who am i to judge this of a fictional character but like at the same (laughs) time like i just feel like if you're at the stage of i'm dating women and i am out in all other aspects of my life and i'm taking this woman home to meet my family so that I can come out and be like, this is my girlfriend. Like you've moved past. I don't want to be gay. Yeah. I don't know if that's presumptuous of me or like rude of me to say, and like, if like you, a listener have gone through that experience, like, I mean, like, I'll be real with you. There are a lot of times where I'm like, I'm like, man, being straight would be so much easier. Yeah. Well, and that's a like, huge, it's almost a huge barrier to coming out. It's like, no, like, yeah. if, you know, I'm still sort of into dudes, like, it'll be fine. Like, I don't need to, like, explore this side of me. It's fine. And then, right. but all you've done is, like, hold yourself back. And so it's, again, it's like one of those things where it's like, no, you should have come out earlier. So you can yeah. grapple with this. Grapple. Right. Grapple. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it felt like that part, it also felt like, in in terms of writing, it felt like that part of the movie came out of left field because Mm -hmm. she seemed so, like, she was nervous, obviously, but she seemed so comfortable and determined. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Determined to come out to her family. She wouldn't have done it a bajillion times if she weren't. And, like, she went into Thanksgiving with the intention of I'm going to come out unlike happiest season where Harper doesn't even tell Abby until they pull up to the fucking house. Like, Hey, you need to pretend to be my room, my straight roommate. There was no pretending. It was just classic misunderstanding and miscommunication in a poorly done way. But like, (laughs) it didn't seem like part of, of Lauren's journey still at that point was, I don't even know if I like being gay kind of thing yeah and it just it just felt like it came out of nowhere from like a, a writing perspective yeah if we had seen more seeds of doubt mm-hmm. throughout the the course of the story maybe it would have made more yeah. sense but that just wasn't clear in the at in the writing or the acting yeah. so 
And you did, you yeah. compared to like Happiest Season, like it is blatantly obvious that Harper is still grappling with an ass ton of internalized homophobia. And like, <laughs> oh, yeah. like so much internalized homophobia. And like you see it throughout the entire movie. So it's believable. Um, yeah. As opposed to this random declaration of, I don't know if I want to be gay kind of thing. Yeah. I think the worst part of this movie for me was, yeah, the Austin stuff. Like, yeah, it was gross. And it honestly, like, there was the part where, like, his dad was, like, her dad was, like, accosting him in the van. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. no, no, no. But there was also, like, it, I am never comfortable with presumptuous men. And I do not feel comfortable with mm-hmm. that ever being played. I don't know if that was meant to be played for last because I was just sitting there wildly uncomfortable that this man that she thought was like her best friend mm-hmm. is like suddenly forcing himself on her. That's wildly uncomfortable for me yeah. to watch. Yeah. We didn't mention uh, Lauren's brother, but he is also very much so the same way, just like a little yeah. bit differently with, with, with Haley. Like he is like, I'm going to oh. make out with her. And it's gr- it's gross. It's supposed to be funny ha-has, but it made me so unbelievably uncomfortable the entire time. Yeah. And, like, it's a good reminder that this is a woman who wrote this. And mm-hmm. this was not... Mm, this was not good. <laughs> you know? No. no. <laughs> it didn't... No, like, that's... that's I don't find that funny. I no. think... There's a ton of ways you could have had a goofy brother and like having him try to like convert your girlfriend is not one of them, you know? So mm-hmm. unless it's like no. based in real reality, I need to I need to see if this yeah. is based on her own story. But um Yeah. I think it might have been it, based on the writer's own story. Hang on. But still, like I, I understand if it is. But, like, at the same time, like, this movie came out in 2018, man. Like, that should, that's not comedy anymore. It never was funny to begin with. But, like, the, uh, portraying the creepy brother like that, just, like, that's not funny anymore. Yeah. For sure. And, like, I just, you can very much so tell that this was written by a white queer woman. Um, yeah. Because, like, she doesn't stop and consider the optics of a lot of the parts of her film it's like he was sprinkled in there for diversity's sake yeah but then it didn't it doesn't come off as well yeah. when you know when you aren't willing to modify that you know if you're gonna hire a black man then you have to write as if you hired a black man you know right, right. so and then on top of like just even like the weird tiny not tiny but like weird smaller misogynistic moments like with Lauren's brother and Lauren's dad um like it just it felt it felt very white feminism e in in that or like second wave feminism e which is white feminism um where it's just like oh this is the hardship that we as women have to go through is just like just creepy guys and dads who don't want you to go to women's rallies and it's just like mm, there's a lot of other stuff i just yeah. feel, you know like i feel like lauren and subsequently her the writer because you know it's played by the the, the writer director producer uh probably wore mm-hmm. a pussy hat to the women's march yeah no I <laughs> that's know the vibe i get from her yeah 
Would you say there was an unbelievable suspension of disbelief for this movie? Um, mm, I think I've already stated in mind that, like, in the course of what looks to be at least a 12-hour day, if not 16 hours, she couldn't find 10 minutes Yeah, to yeah. get a word in edgewise. Also, like, <laughs> you know? that her family would be that, like just completely ignoring anything she has to and you know what maybe that's just my privilege of having come from a good family but like even my family like my mom's side of the family is loud and eccentric like that we all talk over each other but like if somebody's like hey i have something important to say yeah we're gonna shut up and listen (laughs) yeah like i i mean part of me is like i can kind of get it but like the moment i like kind of like made it clear that i was about to bring something up they mm-hmm. all shut up and listened. Right. So, you know, like, there's, you know, that weirdly, like, that you don't get the vibe that her parents, like, normally, like, talk over her like this. Like, this mm-hmm. is just, it's a weird Thanksgiving. And, uh, uh, you know, she doesn't, she's, she's seriously not able to get a word in edgewise until yeah. later. No. No. Yeah. Like, that would have happened. That would have happened. Like it, the, So it's almost like the whole premise of the film is just based on nobody is going to listen to this woman. And I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck your movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in terms of, like, sincerity, how would you say the, um, the chemistry between um, Lauren and Haley is? And how like does... Yeah? I mean... So here's the thing is, and this is not true of all indie movies, but this tends to be like a a, a theme with indie movies is clunky dialogue and like weird chemistry. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, do you really have kind of like your guys are so close. And and I feel Mm -hmm. like that's what happens that this movie is a huge culprit of that, especially like weird clunky dialogue that like no normal person would say that. Um, Yeah. And so I think a lot of like the chemistry issues that I could point out had to do with writing rather than the actors. Um, Mm -hmm. I do think like, I do enjoy the chemistry in like the familial chemistry between Lauren and her mom. Um, Yeah. I think that's like pitch perfect. I think, I think the familial chemistry between Lauren and her parents is like spot on. Yeah. And even, like, early in the film between Lauren and Austin, I think their chemistry is great. Yeah. You know, yeah. as BFS, so we're just like, oh, hijinks are ensuing. Ooh, yeah. What's going to happen? I don't yeah. know. Uh, this is really stressful. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think those... I, I'm not sure if I completely buy into Lauren and Haley. But That's I fair. think you're all... I think you're also right on the same page. Like, like they're going to be a long-term relationship. Are they going to be the relationship? No. Like eventually they're they're just, they're just going to be, they're just going to drift apart eventually and it's going to suck, but they'll be okay. They'll find the one eventually. I don't feel like there's like that sparkle in their eyes. No, I agree. So yeah. Yeah. Um, would you say this has holiday magic? Now you are much more well acquainted with American Thanksgiving than I am. <laughs> Do you think this captures the spirit of American Thanksgiving? Um, I mean, I guess because, like, you know, <laughs> it's chaotic and uh, uh, 
families are weird, man. And you're all together yeah. on the holidays. And wow, weird things are going to happen. We didn't even so mention like, like the money, money laundering aspect of this movie. <laughs> Oh, the drug dealing too? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. we, <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. we didn't even touch on that, but that's, that's how it's, it's, it's one of those things that's like, it's kind of so inconsequential to the film that like, it doesn't matter. It happens. And there's clearly another lesbian in the role. So I'm like, okay, so <laughs> this is a world where other gay people exist, not just the main characters. This is good. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um i think i sure maybe it captures the spirit of things of american thanksgiving i don't know my american thanksgivings have been relatively chill so (laughs) i think it captures what a lot of people think of when they think american thanksgiving here's the thing i would disagree really i would disagree i've seen better american thanksgiving oh i agree oh i 100 percent agree yeah I think so. I don't try. think it actually. Cap- I don't think it captured it as well. It this feels more like, uh, like an important anniversary dinner versus like mm. Thanksgiving. Like I feel okay. like yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. holiday had a better Thanksgiving than this movie did. Yes, I. You know what? I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down in that. Like yeah. it gets the aspect across of like crazy family, but crazy family can have dinner together. You know, for any occasion. There's not like the the thankfulness that comes with Thanksgiving, if you will, that mm-hmm. isn't, it's not vibing in the movie. No, it's just, yeah, it doesn't quite hit the mark for Thanksgiving yeah. based on what I know. Yeah. Because I've never celebrated right. American Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a different vibe between Canadian and American Thanksgiving. I will just say that there's a different huh. vibe purely because it is purely because of the different times of year. They take place oh, because yeah. it is above and beyond. It is the exact same holiday on two different dates, but because it is on two different dates, they have totally different vibes. I cannot explain it. <laughs> so, do you want to give it a rose or do you want to drown your sorrows in beer? I mean, I will have one beer. Yeah, I'm not like, gonna drown I don't my wanna... sorrows. In. Mm, no, I I feel like I'm glad I'm having a drink and I'm like chatting it, about it with you and like kind of venting yeah. about what worked, what didn't. That's yeah. where I'm at with this movie. Yeah, like I feel like this movie is like you got a beer and like you decided to try a new a new beer, so you you went to like Kroger and did like a six you know mix six mm. pack mix, mix and match. And you mm-hmm. got a beer that you thought might be good, um, but it's really not your favorite. It's maybe like a little too hoppy, too much of an mm-hmm. IPA. Um, right. And you're like, yeah. And you're like, mm, I'm not a fan of this, but I'm still going to drink it anyways because I bought it and it's already open. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> like, that's what this movie is. <laughs> yeah. I have so much alcohol in my fridge. That's just like, this isn't vibing for me, but I bought it, so I can't throw it away. Right. <laughs> so I, I, I'm forcing <laughs> myself now to throw it away because I'm like, you're literally just sitting there like. start from the very beginning because this is a very good place to start um so i did watch this twice um Mm. 
because I did want there to be record that like people watch the high budget lesbian rom-com movie yeah it's one of those things i'm like i am going to give my money to the bad one so that others may flourish but also i wasn't totally focused on it the first time and then i noticed it was available in canada so i was like okay you can have my rental money it's fine Mm -hmm. um but um so the first time i watched it i didn't really pay attention to the opening credits which i noticed were like holiday cards but i'm like okay the drawings are really weird second time i watched mm-hmm. it is like oh there are there are illustrations of their first year together mm. and so i'm like okay so we get that um we kind of get an idea that they've been together for about a year now um and like they're interacting and like they're super cute together um chemistry's not great but you mm. know they're they're being cute together and we also find out that um abby played by kristen stewart um is uh like super into this she is ready to propose they have so like they've like done the whole thing they've moved in together they're sharing their lives together so she's ready to propose dan levy who plays her friend i'm just calling him dan levy for the rest of this episode um thinks that's a weird thing to do and it's extremely archaic and like it's a very he's actually represents a very vocal part of the lgbtq community where it's like why do we want to be married marriage Mm -hmm. is awful is this horrible institution that has oppressed women for ages why do we want to be a part of that and Mm -hmm. i'm like thank you for thank you for just like representing a very big voice Mm -hmm. here um but yeah and that's where we kind of are set up they're very cute together so we think (laughs) and um while they're being cute together harper invites abby to her family's place for christmas and abby's like not super into uh christmas and she's like i don't know like i take care of people's pets for the holidays and harper's like no come with me and then the next morning abby's like yeah okay sure like honestly like you make me excited for christmas i will do this um and that's when harper's like really you want to do this really really Really?" Mm. because the night before she was so keen on getting abby to agree and now she's like but do you really want to red flag (laughs) yeah yeah i just and and it's not this is you know I mentioned this earlier but like this is this is what fucking kills me is there's so many red flags going into this that like uh, um like Harper or Abby doesn't even find out that Harper lied about having come out to her family and it having gone well um in the car almost there like to Harper's family and and then it's the well i'm gonna wait until after the holidays to come out so we need to pretend that we're not dating like that's at least lauren didn't ask Haley to do that (laughs) in lesba you have her in the car you are out in the middle of fucking nowhere and that's when you decide to drop the bomb that you lied to her about how the summer went right really like she doesn't really have an option except to go forth with it at right. this point. Like right. there's no way back. She could go. Hitchhiking's not that great for a woman. 
so like she has no choice but to be like yeah sure okay it's like five days and then once they get there harper tells abby oh they don't know you're gay you have to act straight yeah and keep in mind this is kristen stewart and the costuming (laughs) for this movie has them both looking i mean you know harper could go either way but Kristen Stewart looks nah, like she is she a gay just, woman in this movie. She's just she's so the way she wears gay. her hair, the clothes that are on her back. She did not pack to look like she is a straight woman. She packed to look like she was this woman's soon-to-be fiance. She did not pack straight. <laughs> so, oh uh, yeah. And then they get to, and then they get to her house. So, like Kristen, uh, blah blah. Abby is just like, okay, whatever. I'm on board. I just want to be with you. It's fine. And they get to the, they get to her parent, they get to her place, and her mother is just like weirdly. So like once she like feigns like fawning over her for being a sad little orphan at Christmas, she like then just like immediately is completely dismissive of Abby, and it's mm-hmm. super weird. And then we find out they can't even sleep in the same room. Which would nest two grown women to share a bed. <laughs> I wish you could just I just I want I wish I was on camera just so I could do a look to the camera right now. <laughs> and like they put their grandchildren out. So like if your grandchildren are being put out, like it's not too much to ask that your friend right. like two best friends sleep together. I don't know. I don't think that's too weird. Do you think that's weird? No. I don't think that's weird. We also meet Jane. Blessed Jane. Jane is very early on flagged as the total fucking weirdo of the family. And I mean that in the most endearing way possible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, this is a family that acts one way, and then there's Jane who's just going to the beat of her own drum. God bless her. Like... Mm-hmm. Could she be on the spectrum? Who knows? I don't think I'm in the position to say, but it kind of felt that way for me a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, mm-hmm. I got those. But yeah, <laughs> um, but she's like the one bright spot in the black hole that is this family. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, and she's played by the co-writer of the movie. So the, the we didn't we didn't say anything about the writers and directors of this movie. Well, this movie is written and directed by Leah, Clea Duvall. And if you've ever watched I Don't Want to Be a Cheerleader, she is that girl. Not the main character, mm. but the love interest who mm. needs to wash her damn hair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> her hair bugs me so much in that movie. Anyways. Um, yeah. So Jane's there. And yeah, they're separate. And I forget what happens after that. But the immediate Mm. reaction to the family is that they treat her like she, they they just patronize her. And if they aren't patronizing her, they're dismissing her. And it's so wildly uncomfortable to watch. Mm -hmm. It's just really uncomfortable. And is Harper trying to like help Abby through any of this? Nah. No. She has been. She is not defending her. She's not been thrown to the wolves. She occasionally throws out a, oh, I'm sorry, look to her. That's about it. Harper's family, or her parents, really, are, like, so hell-bent on her getting back together with this ex-boyfriend, apparently. Um, oh, my gosh. Connor, 
who totally seems like he gives me gay vibes a hundred percent but apparently he is very heterosexual um like i was kind of i kind of thought and hoped that he and dan levy would end up together at the end of the movie <laughs> That would have been great. Um, But like... But the big reason why Harper can't come out is her dad is like running for mayor in this conservative small town. Yeah. So it would... She believes that coming out to her parents before the holidays would just put more pressure on them. Which is why she wants to wait till after the holidays. Yeah. But that feels also like a flimsy excuse. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. coming from your mouth harper it's a flimsy excuse yeah but like also in like this family sucks like so there's three sisters it's mm-hmm. it's harper well harper's the middle um what's the other one's name no what's the, the oldest one's name no harper's the baby jane's the middle oh i thought jane was the youngest that makes more no. sense for jane to be the middle yeah <laughs> There's like middle child and then there's Jane. (laughs) (laughs) What was the other? Sloan. Why are there so many people named Sloan? Um, Sloan's the eldest. (laughs) Jane is the middle. And then um, Harper is the youngest. And like these three are just like have so many expectations placed onto them and like are pitted against each other to be like this, you know, powerhouse of a family and so like i i can understand like harper's fear of coming out to them especially because like they do drop a lot of microaggressions surround like regarding queer folks like Mm -hmm. we get that in the the first dinner oh yeah that we have when after um harper and abby run into riley who is um harper's ex-girlfriend played by aubrey plaza uh who's beautiful and she looks they, fucking great in this movie. I know, I know. Um, but they mentioned that like she's going, Riley's going to med school, and like, oh, thank God she is with that lifestyle. They need something. Like, her family needs something to yeah. redeem her. Um, so like, I get, I get why Harper doesn't want to and is scared to come out to her family. But again, it is you have strung along another woman into into this lied to her and then bring her to your homophobic family's house with no way out for five days and tells her you can't be yourself yep and then on top of that because so they have the little dig at riley Mm -hmm. and then they bring in connor to sit with them because they want to set up connor and harper again And so then, like, they reveal this story about Connor and Harper where, like, they were both sick with chicken pox at the same time and they had to show a cabin on a holiday or something like that. And Abby's like, you've told me that story, but you didn't mention Connor. Like, so (laughs) this is our first clue that Harper will always hide the truth to make herself look better. Red flag! (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Red flag! Big red flag. I hate it. And, yeah. And then the next morning, we meet Sloane. And Sloane's just a bitch. (laughs) There's no other way to put it. (laughs) Like, she just 
so she's woken up so abby has to sleep in the basement and she's woken up by like these two twin children staring at her uh, because like it's normally their room which again so again they could have been sleeping there and abby could have been sleeping with harper in her- harper's room Mm -hmm. like this was this was a contrived plot point to make hijinks ensue yeah anyways um and they're not happy and then so sloan comes in quickly chases the children out and she's like oh i'm slowed and like just leaves and like doesn't even get give abby the chance to like introduce herself and it's super awkward Mm -hmm. and then we like and then like um we see Sloane and Harper have like this super competitive streak between the two of them and they're always like making digs at each other and Sloane used to be like this super high powered lawyer and she left it to raise the twins but now they make gift baskets and nobody's nobody's on board with this so she meets Sloane and then that evening they go to um they go to another big shindig and this is where um Harper's father's trying to woo the big donor um, we run into uh, Riley again, and um, Harper just kind of ditches Abby to help her father, yeah. and that's kind of weird. And even Sloane's like, that's kind of she kind of makes a few digs at that, and then she also kind of makes a few digs that kind of prove that she's like kind of onto them. Like, yeah, you're roommates, and you were in a one bedroom, really. <laughs> and Abby tries to like make up a story to make it believable but you can tell Sloan's just not buying it but yeah. so Abby takes a step outside to get some fresh air and then Riley's there and she knows she's been watching them this entire night and she's like yeah I get it and Abby's like you get what and Abby's and Riley's like you know I'm just making a statement and they like part ways and so then the next day we see more of the relationship and so then we get into the white elephant stuff Mm-hmm. And so Abby goes with Sloane and her two children, and then Sloane leaves the two children with Abby. And so then they get the two children to shoplift, get Abby to shoplift for them. And I'm assuming this is another reason for like hijinks to ensue because the security dog guards are super serious about their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's so awkward. I don't know if I want to keep going through the movie. It's just like. <laughs> Everybody, like, okay, it's, it's just this recurring theme where, like, everybody's worse. everybody, like, Harper never stands up for Abby. She always ditches Abby. Mm-hmm. The twins are weird and creepy, and Sloane's a bitch, and Jane's just weird. And everybody's very patronizing and condescending to Abby throughout the entire thing. And, yeah. It's so, kind of like, same shit, different night. Yeah, basically. Um, but then with, with Harper becoming progressively worse and worse and worse. Worse. So so because of the shoplifting, Abby is verboten from going to this other party that they're going to. But Harper's like, hey, like, let's meet up again. That's This will be fine. Uh, we'll meet up afterwards. Like, I want to spend time with you, uh, with my old friends. And Abby's like, sure, okay. She runs into Riley. Riley takes her to a gay bar. They sing with drag queens. It's mm-hmm. adorable. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we kind of get the backstory where we find out that Riley and Abby were like each other's first girlfriends. They were in a very Riley serious relationship. Sorry, Riley and Harper were very close. I can't keep all these white women straight. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, 
So um, they were best friends and then like they became each other's girlfriends. And then somebody found like this love letter that Riley wrote to Harper and Harper just completely throws Riley under the bus. She's like, I'm not gay, but Harper is. And she's like, kind of, a, oh, sorry, I'm not gay. <laughs> I'm still doing it. <laughs> oh, my I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then apparently Harper just like completely threw Riley on the bus. It was like, I'm not gay. Riley is. Riley's obsessed with me. Like, blah, 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 blah. And then she goes on to date Connor. And you could tell Riley is like, that was like, a super shitty thing to do like she uh-huh. couldn't she wasn't ready to come out so she just threw so she outed her best friend instead yeah because yeah. obviously it's it's pretty clear that harper or god fucking damn it riley right? <laughs> now you've done it. <laughs> it it's pretty clear that like riley is also not out at that time i mean they're both from the same conservative town and like their parents are friends and so it's pretty safe to assume her parents are conservative as well. Um, like, it's very clear that Riley also was not out. And so instead of, I don't know, not being an absolutely awful friend. Like, okay, I get Harper was a teenager and in a scary mm-hmm. position. But the fact that she still ended up outing her best friend since childhood, now her girlfriend, and was like, she's obsessed with me and she yeah. won't leave me alone. So now, excuse me, now not only have you outed her, you've made her like the predator. The, right. Oh, and that perpetuates such a fucking stereotype. Right. That I did, that didn't even click until right the, when yeah. you said that she made Riley out to be the predator, that, that queer women are constantly trying to just prey on other women. Yep. I hate this movie so much. I hate it. <laughs> and so, like, it's so it's like on top of the cruelty of outing somebody, you've just right. exposed. Like, you've also threw that. Like, you've like it's it's the cruelty on top of the cruelty that just makes it such a shitty thing. Mm-hmm. So they bond over that, and so then Abby meets up with uh, Harper at the bar, and like they're kind of vibing. They're having a good time. Harper's having a really good time with her friends. Abby's kind of feeling left out. She's just like, yeah, I'm going to bounce. Like, I'm done. And, like, Harper's like, but I want to stay. And mm-hmm. Abby's like, yeah, fine. Just stay. I'm going to go. Just, like, text me when you get back. And we find out that Harper didn't come back till 2 in the morning. Yeah. And so, like, Abby kind of confronts her about it. And I was like, what? And she's kind of like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, you're, you know. And then, and then, mm-hmm. and then. Harper decides to throw everything that Abby is saying back in her face and make her out to be a crazy person. Mm-hmm. Mm. I feel like you're smothering me, is what she tells her. Yeah. Oh, and then she's like, I didn't know I had a curfew? Yeah. Like, excuse you? You were putting your girlfriend's... Oh, you were putting your girlfriend through the ringer and you can't even give her some basic fucking courtesy right. when you specifically invited her out to hang out with her. Right. Fuck you. Like she, and you, and you started the day with, I want to spend time with you. And like, mm-hmm. I also, I understand like she probably hasn't seen her friends in a while. So like I can get the, I really want to stay. Is it okay if I still hang out with my friends for a little bit? Like I yeah. get that. Like you don't always have to be together 24 seven. Like there have been times when Chris and I are both out and we both have diff- like 
ways to get home and like maybe he wants to stay out longer and i just want to go to the fucking bed yeah like, fine and then when abby is just like hey i was just concerned because you know i didn't hear from you i didn't know you were going to be out drinking with your ex-boyfriend yeah and there's one moment where abby calls her friend john who is dan levy <laughs> and and she's sobbing and she's like i feel like i'm going crazy and i'm like oh my god mm-hmm. like that's how bad this situation is. This is how uncomfortable this entire thing is. Yeah. But she's like, uh, and you just see it in her performance too. Like this is like, she's absolutely heartbroken. And she even says something to the point of like, yesterday I was completely in love with this woman. And today I don't even know who the fuck she is. Right. Like that is right. drastic the emotional whiplash between I'm going home with my partner and I'm going to ask, you know, a little outdated, but I'm going to ask her father's permission and then propose to her on Christmas, like to now this partner that I've been with for over a year and I want to marry is now forcing me to not, not only keep us a secret, but keep myself a secret. That was also the other, like the other really, nasty thing is it wasn't just Mm. we're not dating you're just my roommate it was but you also have to pretend to be straight like shoving her back into the closet and and abby says as much like i don't appreciate being put back in the closet and then like harper essentially calls her dramatic yeah and it's like and and then after that conversation harper's like we just need to spend time apart and i'm like what the fuck is wrong with you yeah. Harper's so obsessed with being the good guy and like nothing can ever be Harper's fault. Yeah. <sighs> so Abby spends that day um looking for her white elephant gift um and she meets up with Riley to do it and Riley kind of like shows her around and like kind of gives her a little bit more info on Harper's family and they uh she shows up and she's like where can I put the gift and this woman ugh. <laughs> mary steinberger i hate you so much <laughs> <laughs> she's like i don't know put it in the oven i'm like excuse me like sometimes there's a table sometimes you put it under the tree sometimes it goes somewhere else she doesn't know she has not been going to your fucking party every right. year can you show her a little bit of goddamn decency she is a guest in your fucking house god yeah. damn it like she is a guest in your house. Also, the, the really we okay. So like, you you know how the story that part of the story that Harper told her family in when she was like why she was bringing her roommate home for Christmas is because um, Abby's pa- Abby's parents have passed away, and yeah. like she's a grown ass woman, a grown ass woman, and like they keep calling her an orphan. They keep like basically treating her like she's like some tiny tim kind of character and like it's just i know some people are strange (laughs) i just really to that level yeah she's a guest in your home (laughs) she is a guest in your fucking home treat her as such right and so she goes and gets ready for the party and she comes out in this I'm sorry I have to be gay for this impeccable 
suit mm. with an open collar mm. and just like a string tie and it is so gay at mm-hmm. this point you're not even going to suspect that abby is gay looking like that she's got her hair like no like you look at her and i'm like that's gay as fuck yeah i don't know how you could look at that woman and think yes that is a straight woman yes very good yes like no she looks gay as fuck and she looks fine as fuck oh yeah oh fucking does she's she's so good we are very (laughs) we are very queer (laughs) i'm not i'm not always on the kristen stewart train but that well i'm firmly on the kristen stewart train (laughs) anyways during the course of this party, like she, Abby is Harper is, is not hanging around with Abby. She's not trying to make Abby comfortable. She's basically flirting with Connor, mm-hmm. and so she like, did I say Harper? Uh, Abby, uh. I know what you meant. Okay, and then so Abby's just kind of commiserating with Riley, and like they're kind of just like talking about it, and then you just kind of realize, and then Dan Levy shows up. Yeah, because Abby like, had called I'm... him, like, sobbing <laughs> Yeah, earlier. And she was just, he was like, I'm here to rescue, like, go get your stuff. Like, you do not have to stay here and do this. Yeah. And she kind of catches her flirting with Connor, and she, like, just goes up to her and says, that's it, I'm done, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Peace. Um, and it doesn't necessarily come off as a breakup, but then, like, Harper, Harper is like, wait, what? No. And, like, tries to chase after her, and, like, she's trying to, like, make her point of view understood by Abby. hmm But, and, like, I kind of get where you're coming from, Harper, but also you've been a huge fucking dick this entire time, so right. shove it up your ass. Right. <laughs> right. No, like, legit. Like, okay, so, like, Harper, again, understandably has reasons for not wanting to come out to her family. Like her family has shown us that they suck for an entire two and a half hours. But like, just because you are like, that is, that is, mm, you can have that fear. You are totally entitled to that. You are totally entitled to come out when you feel ready. Um, You still shouldn't lie to people you're yeah. in a relationship with about the fact yeah. that you are actually not out to your family. But then she she uses it, but she's she's using this as an excuse. And that's yeah. what kills me is because she it's not just that anymore. Like the reason that Abby ends up leaving isn't because you're not out to your family. It's because you're mean. Yeah. And she's ignoring her. Like, if, if I was to bring my best friend home and I treated her, like, the way I treated, like, Harper treated Abby, like, I, that yeah. is, she's, act, like, even, she's just, even if you were to go, that they were both complete. Oh. You still there? I cut out. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. No. Oh, there she go. Oh, she back. 
It is just like Discord cut me off when I'm in the middle of an impassioned speech. <laughs> God damn it. Discord is homophobic. <laughs> where did I where did I get let, just cut off? Um, she's not listening to Abby. She's ignoring her. Uh if you brought a friend home for Christmas, like you wouldn't just ignore them like that. No. That's basically the gist of it. Is she's even okay, if I were to pers- like even if you were just best friends, you were being a really shitty friend too. Right. Go fuck right. yourself. Right. Like I would like if I was their best friend and I went home and she'd been like spending all her time with like her ex-boyfriend and her other friends and like wasn't making a true effort to try and include me, I would leave that five days feeling like shit. Yeah. Yeah. But then Harper has like her big breakdown too. And like, I don't want to say they're crocodile tears, but they, you know, given the fact that Harper is such a fucking asshole, they feel like crocodile tears of like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to lose you. I don't want to lose you. I don't want to lose you. And it's just like, and and Abby forgives her essentially. And is like, you're not going to lose me. And it's just like, okay, but like you haven't shown her that this entire time. Yeah. You've treated her I'm like, like garbage. I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, maybe at this point they were going to kiss and Abby was still going to go home and let Harper kind of figure her shit out. Because I feel yeah. like at this point they had reached a point of no return. They needed, they needed to not just be together right now. Yeah. Because it was just getting really bad. And then Sloane walks in on them basically as they're about to kiss and like finally is able to prove that um, Harper's a lesbian. Mm-hmm. and basically is like, I'm going to go tell mom and dad they're going to be so disappointed in you because you lied to them. It doesn't seem to be the fact that she's a lesbian. It's the fact that she lied to them about it. Mm-hmm. So all of Harper's lying seems to have come and bit her in the ass. But then on, while they're on their way, we find out that Sloane's husband is making out with this other lady um, that's mm-hmm. been in the film. Um, and we find out that uh, Sloane and her husband are not in the good place that everybody thought they were in. And so then Sloane and Harper are on a mad dash to try and out each other first, basically. Mm-hmm. And there's fights and everything and several attempts that get stopped by things being thrown. And then we finally get to the point where Sloane points at Harper and says, She's gay. She's with Abby. And Harper looks Abby right in the eyes and then turns to her family and says, no, I am not. And you just, oh, my fucking mm-hmm. God. You, oh. And you just see the absolute heartbreak on Abby's face. And you're like, oh, my God. You, like, you, I don't know how you could have made this worse. And you somehow made this worse. Right. right. You, you it just was, made it, was, it worse. It was Saying one nothing would have been you, better. Right. It was one thing if when you were like a 14, 15 year old in high school with your first girlfriend after having realized that you're gay and like it's still a shitty thing to do then, but especially now that you're a grown ass woman and you've already done that to one meaningful relationship in your life and now you're going to do it again in front of an entire town including that ex-girlfriend that you initially did that to you're throwing away like a fantastic relationship by looking your partner dead in the eyes and then turning back to your family and being like i'm not gay yeah like it's gross it's gross and then it puts in it then again it's looking like abby's in the predator position 
Yeah. It just, it felt so god-awful in that moment. I was like, this is not redeemable. You've been no. caught by your sister. The The jig is up. Like, just, like, I know it's hard. And, like, part of me is like, this is Harper trying to reclaim it and just make it so that she's the one that gets to say it. Right. But. <sighs> no, she's had too many chances to genuinely come out the way that she. <sighs> I'm just, but also I'm like the cruelty of the moment to Abby on yeah. top of everything else she has done yeah. is just, I that's what it's makes un- it unforgivable to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's unforgivable is what it is. Yeah. And so Abby goes out, Dan Levy comes with her and she's <sighs> just brokenhearted. She is done. And they have this conversation about what their lives were like after they came out. And it's... He's doing it in defense of Harper. Mm-hmm. And so this makes my scene, my feelings about this scene so incredibly complicated. Mm-hmm. Because the way this scene is written just perfectly captured the reality of you know you're going to stand there and say something and you know that's going to change how your family sees you for the rest of your life and your heart is pounding and it just has to be done yeah and when he said that and it's like one chapter is ended a new one begin and when he said that and I, I'm not kidding when I say I do not cry at movies easily. I get verklempt. Mm-hmm. I don't cry. I broke down. Mm-hmm. Because, and I had a, I had very good coming out. I had mm-hmm. a very, I had one kind of weird moment and everybody else was just super lovely and accepting and loving. Uh, mm-hmm. But the way he captured that fear... Mm-hmm. of having to open your mouth and tell your family that I am gay just hit me in the feels and I felt so seen in a way that no film had really made me feel seen before yeah and it was yeah that was the hard part and so Dan Levy's character did not have a good out. Kristen Stewart's character had a very good company Mm-hmm. Um, and he, it, it's basically like everybody has their own story and like it's kind of everybody like people are in between they have good what coming outs they have bad coming outs but it's theirs right. and so it's just like it's in this moment where the movie is begging us to be understanding to Harper right. and I'm like yes but she's also acted terribly right and that's so the- her acting terribly is outside of her queerness. It's outside yeah. of her queer journey. Like there's a difference between like being fearful and trying to cover up your identity and straight up gaslighting your girlfriend when nobody else is around. Because like we can we can look at a lot of the things and and be like, oh, it's because Harper wasn't ready. It was because she was scared. It's because like she has to come out to a conservative family and that's difficult. Um, 
But like, I mean, the scene where it's just the two of them in Harper's bedroom after she was out till two in the morning with her ex-boyfriend, like that's just straight up gaslighting and inexcusable and completely separate of her sexuality. But I 100% agree in, in this moment of talking about like everybody's coming out stories are different, but it's theirs is... <laughs> like yeah. hit me hit me real hard and hit me real close yeah um, and I appreciate the movie for that for like and and also being like hey everybody doesn't get the same coming out experience yeah. um and it's not but also like it's not you don't just come out once any queer person knows that you'd never come out once yeah. you come out for the rest of your life um yeah. There's still people at work who seem to think that I am straight, which yeah. is just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Been trying my to come super- out, and you're not listening. <laughs> my supervisor still thinks I'm straight, despite the fact that I have explicitly said to her face that I am queer. <laughs> I, I I literally wear pride bandanas in my hair. Yeah, <laughs> and they still don't get it. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, okay. But like. <laughs> I just, I, it's a lot of complicated feelings because at the end of the day, I do think the intent of that scene is for us to sympathize at the, at least sympathize with Harper and her struggle of coming out to her conservative family. But like, you know what? Fucking lots of queer folks have had to come out to conservative family members and not gaslit their partners in the process of it. Um, And there are people who who have, and that's not okay. Like yeah. being being afraid does not absolve you of being emotionally abusive. No, like that needs to be separate, and that needs to be something that you figure out. You need to process and work on, and it's not fair to put your partner in that kind of position of having yeah. to do that for you, basically. Yeah, it's yeah, and like. What I was reading, you know, I was doing some reading on this movie afterwards because, like, it's good to hear other people's perspectives and, like, Mm -hmm. knowing the way I felt about the film and, like, I just needed to see what other queer um, people were saying about this film. And I also learned that, like, so this was sort of based on how, like, Clea Duvall came out and, like, Kristen Stewart was drawn to this movie because she was, like, this was a lot of like what she had to struggle with because she had to come mm. out to the world basically. Right. Um, and so like I can kind of see why that would be appealing and why this movie would be told in such a way. Mm-hmm. But the way they wrote Harper yeah. is as just this cruel. She is cruel. Yeah. There's no other word for it. She's cruel. It just, it means that the movie that you were trying to tell completely got lost. And it, that is, makes it kind of inexcusable in some ways. Mm-hmm. So. I don't, I don't know. I know the struggles of coming out to conservative family members. Like I was raised in a Roman Catholic household, a Republican Roman Catholic household. And thankfully my coming out experience with my parents was very positive. Um, and it only happened like a month and a half ago. So I yeah. understand where Harper is coming from in terms of being afraid of coming out to your family, especially when you think they've got this like 
they've already got this image and idea of you in their head and now you have to shatter that um and like you know my mine and harper's situations are, are different because you know on top of coming out to my parents i also had to come out to them while i'm already in a um serious long-term basically like end game <laughs> relationship with a cishet man um but like and I was at, literally, it was like a month and a half ago that I officially came out to my parents. Like it was just kind of an assumed thing for a while. And I never even, I didn't even explicitly say it. I wore a sweatshirt that said queer all year. And mm. that's how I came out to my parents. So like, I understand where Harper is coming from in terms of the fear of having to change the the idea of your parents' perception of you changing. Like I get that, but like, nowhere does that excuse her behavior and yeah the fact that the movie pins it like tries to get it so that you feel bad for her because like oh yeah I can relate to that it's just like yeah I can relate to that but I'm also not an emotional abuser <laughs> like, like I, I don't want to be like Harper like no. I don't want to have thrown somebody who I care about very deeply under the bus Right. The way she has multiple times now. Multiple times. Like, and, like, you get the idea that, like, maybe, like, her parents were not great parents. No. At all. The no. The sibling dynamic is completely fucked up because they had to compete for their parents' attention. They said right. they did not get their love for free. Right. And so she is clearly coming from an extremely fucked up family, but that does not make it okay for her to treat her girlfriend like shit. No. So. Not at all. Not at all. No. So, on that note, they go back home, and then Abby, like, they go back inside. Um, Harper stops Abby, and she's like, wait, no, like, I'm gay, I'm in love with Harper, she makes this grand speech. As I'm in love with Abby, Jesus Christ, <laughs> it should. I we should have just called them Mackenzie Davis and Kristen Stewart, it would have been so much easier, anyways. Somebody um, take that clip out of context. <laughs> Emma said she's in love with me. Oh, god, <laughs> <laughs> what was I going to say? She makes the declaration um, of love. She makes the declaration of love. And Abby's just not here for it. She's like, too little, too late. See ya. Um, and she and Dan Levy are ready to go. Dan Levy is hilarious in the convenience store, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is a spark of joy in this entire movie. Oh, wait, hang on. We missed we missed the good Jane part. I really want to talk about the Jane part. Okay, let's talk about Jane. Yeah, so, so, like, this is still... Like, this is uh, right after Abby goes out and, and Dan Levy follows her. Um, where, like, you know, Harper's like, uh, or Sloane's like, Harper's a lesbian. And Harper's like, Sloane is getting a divorce. And um, they've interrupted White Elephant at this point, And somebody had opened the White Elephant gift that Jane had brought, which was this gorgeous like very big canvas painting of main street uh in their town at christmas time and harper ends up picking that up and like 
ramming it through Sloan, <laughs> like hitting her over the top of the head with it, completely yeah. destroying the canvas. And Jane is understandably heartbroken. And this is the first time like Jane actually gets to be a person in the movie and not just the comedic relief. And her speech that she gives, like I worked for hours on that and you just ruined it. Like, I know mm. that I'm the goofball of the family, but I am, she, she says, I am someone. And I broke down in tears again <laughs> because that was just so hoof, ouch, in like the best of ways of, of Jane getting to stand up for herself. But like, I, I, I really liked that for Jane. For Jane. Yeah. I just, I no, she was like, and she, <laughs> they were just like, Jane, I know you just wanted to be included. She's like, yes, I did. I just, it felt really nice. And I'm like, oh, I am Jane. <laughs> yeah. I am she Jane. Cute. She cute. She's but also, But also then like when, when Harper does, you know, like genuinely actually come out to her parents, um, Abby says she says it's too late and leaves yeah. and yeah. and it's fair but there, I just wanted to point out something interesting with Sloan so Sloan's mm -hmm. just seen Harper come out and it's like the bitch filter just like completely fell off her face yeah and she's like yeah we're getting a divorce like I I was only valuable to you through my family yeah and that's why I hid it from you yeah. And so you just, and it was like, oh, you're a real human. Okay. Like, yeah. That's interesting. So, yeah. So Abby leaves and Jane, Jane stands next to both of them. She's like, I am not a lesbian, but I am an ally. And no, am she, 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 said, she said, I don't have a secret, but I'm an ally. I'm an ally. <laughs> and that was so actually. Cute. And then after when uh, Abby and Dan Levy leave, they actually have this really sweet moment where, like, they yeah. very sincerely apologize to each other. And the only way you can get away with being that sincere, that close to the actual argument, is by being siblings. So... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. You know, I, I'm assuming that yes, that is the case. I'm an only child. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm just like I'm just like yeah. No, no. This this is legit. This is fine. Yeah. Um. I. I sorry I don't I don't mean to go back to like Abby saying it's too late but like that's just that's another thing that like I hate about Harper's character is that she's like I did it like she's like look at me I did it and like cool yeah you did come out to your family under these kind of circumstances however um and also like that wasn't the that wasn't the overall problem I think that's also part of the thing that I hate about Harper is she doesn't realize it's not just because she didn't come out. It's because she's an awful human being. Mm -hmm. ah. Yeah. So, yeah. So we finally find Dan Levy and uh, Kristen Stewart at the convenience store. <laughs> and then Harper drives up just as they're about to leave and tries one more time to make a big impassioned speech. And this bitch falls for it. <laughs> and, she, and so Abby's like, "Yeah, sure, okay, we'll be we'll be girlfriends again. It's fine. The last few days weren't traumatizing at all. You were just going through your own shit, I guess." And they make up, and 
that's it. And now Abby's part of the family. Everybody's happy. Mm. Oh, but Dan Levy also gets Jade a book deal. So that's great. Yeah! <laughs> I love that. I love that Jane becomes the super successful one of the family with her I goofy book that everybody makes fun of. But fuck you, she's making bank. She off worked of on it for ten years to world build it. Damn well, better be good in it. Yeah. Not, and like the way he's like listening to her intently, it's like, oh no, like this is like some good shit. I and then, that. like, we actually see her at a book reading, and like, they're like, "Yeah, no, this is this is actually pretty good." They aren't just like they aren't like going through the motions because, like, oh, it's family. Like, I'm gonna be supportive. Like, they do seem to be genuinely proud of what she produced. Yeah. So good for them. And yeah, that's that's the end of the movie. <laughs> I. <sighs> I just feel like. <laughs> I hate this movie. <laughs> I hate that this movie gets a happy ending too because yeah. it just it doesn't feel fair, it doesn't feel earned. Like I understand it's a movie and so of course like people are going to change their tune faster than they would in real life because it's a movie. Yeah. You have to fit a lot into 2 hour, 2 and a half hours basically. But like yeah. Harper gets no repercussions. For her actions nope. like she still nope. gets the girl in the end and like everybody gets to live happily ever after after they're still gonna get engaged they don't have any time apart to be like you need to work on this because that is genuinely something harper needs to work on is not only the fact that she's a terrible person but obviously that there is still some sort of internalized homophobia going on and that's something mm -hmm. that she needs to work out on her own, like, you know, in her own head before it just. The, the one thing I will give credit to this movie for is that it seems like the engagement was delayed until May. Oh, yes, yes. So that, yes. They, they, they clearly took their time to kind of sort through their shit before, like, being like, okay, yeah, like, we're in this for life. So, yeah. like, I guess. But actually, I've seen some other people, like, throw out that, like, the movie should have ended, like, two years later. They should have, like, stayed broken up, but then, like, we would have seen Abby and Riley together at Pride, and they would have run into Harper, and Harper would have just introduced this, uh, Harper would just be, like, hanging out with, like, this girl she just met, and it would have been happy, and, like, everybody would have been, mm -hmm. like, super comfortable and secure, and it would have been healthy! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. But no! <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, like, w w when people are, from what I have seen from, like, on my Twitter feed and, and you know, hearing from other queer women and talking with other queer women, it's not necessarily, like, obviously the big red flag of the film is that they have to go back into the closet, like, Harper doesn't tell her family that she's mm -hmm. gay and, like, is taking Kristen Stewart home and forcing her into the closet you know like that's obviously the big glaring issue but what it feels like everybody else like what i've what i've gathered from everyone too is is like yes that's the problem but the biggest problem is that harper is terrible like yeah. i i'm not over exaggerating when i say yeah. she's a she's cruel mm. and like it, it's just not fair to have to no. watch to, to have to watch that to be pitched the idea of a happy queer Christmas rom-com and then get mm -hmm. this yeah where like 
the hijinks is supposed to be that they have to go back in the closet and pretend like they're not dating. It's like a fake dating reversal kind of thing. But like yeah. the fact that they make Harper so emotionally and manipulative and mean, just like a mean person. Yeah. It, if they, it's, if this it's not fair. A, this would have been a great wacky hijinks movie if like Abby and Harper were on the same page. Harper's mean. (laughs) Harper, yeah. She's just, she's not a good person. And I don't know why Abby is willing to go through this fucking torture for her because a lot of this would have been, a lot of this would have been just endgame for a lot of people. Yeah. Oh my God, yes. And like, even, even if like Abby was able to forgive Harper, like, and and I understand like her family started to change and grow too, but like uh, family's really important for a lot of folks. And mm-hmm. like, if, if, if I were Abby, <laughs> if Abby were Abby and like, mm-hmm. I knew that Harper's family was like this, that would be an end game deal for me too, because like, it's important to me that, I get along with your family, that your family likes me, that your family is decent people. And there, there's only one decent person in, in Harper's entire family, and it's Jane. Mm-hmm. And everybody else is just mean and selfish yeah. and cruel. Yeah. And yeah. I don't, I just can't wrap my head around the fact that the mean, selfish, cruel girl wins. It's not, and, and, and we're supposed to, we're supposed to cheer for her. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not portrayed in a, this is really gross. Don't get into a relationship like this. She gets the happy ending. Yeah. And we don't because get to see. it was really hard for her to come out to this right. family. I'm like. Right. And, and we don't yeah. get to see, we, we don't we get, get to see her growth. No, we don't. And we I just think have to assume it's there. Yeah. Like, how, how good would it have been? If, like, there was, like, all these wacky hijinks and, like, she does accidentally get outed. Mm-hmm. And she kind of has to deal with that. And, like, there's, like, all of the conversations that happen around that. And she was robbed of that. Um, yeah. And then, like, she finally gets to, like, come out to her family and just be herself on Christmas. And, like, you know, there's, like, just so many ways you could have done this story. Yeah. And, like, told the story of how hard it is to come out. And yeah. not have it be this. Yeah. Do you know what it? Yeah. Like, no. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I was when I was watching, so I started watching the movie last night and ended up pausing it halfway through for completely unrelated reasons, and then just didn't pick it back up all night for again completely unrelated reasons, and then picked it back up again earlier this afternoon. Um, and I was texting Emma while I was watching it and was like. It's complicated because yes, there are, there is a lot of fear in coming out and, and Dan Levy's character makes the point of like, not everybody gets to have a nice, good, feel good coming out story, but Mm -hmm. 
Hey friends, it's Future Abby. Guess you thought you'd never see me again anyway. <laughs> I tried really, really hard to edit this part as best as I could. Uh, it just, this was one where I wasn't going to be able to splice the audio enough for it to be coherent. So here's the recap of what I was trying to say. Uh, and, and keep in mind, I still don't fully remember what I said. <laughs> so trying to paraphrase a memory of what I said. Um, I had been texting Emma while I was watching this movie and was like, it's complicated because there is a lot of fear and, you know, a whole lot of other terrifying feelings that Harper must be feeling because she, you know, is scared to come out to her family. But nowhere... Nowhere in this film does it seem like Harper is in physical danger if she were to come out. Like, yeah, we don't want to discount the emotional danger it puts her in. Like, she could end up like uh, like Dan Levy's character and stop speaking to her parents and not talk to them for another 13 years. And, like, that sucks and it's scary and it's hard and that it has its own trauma related to it. But a lot of times when we're talking about, like, safety and coming out, like, nowhere in this story does it seem like Harper's parents would physically harm her or would cause bodily harm or violence upon their daughter. Like, that's not there. It's not. It's just not. And so if it were that kind of case and like Abby was still being like hey like you need to come out to your parents um then Abby would be the asshole but since that's not the case <laughs> that's not what's going on Harper continues to be the asshole because again she's had multiple times to try and come out to her family or this movie could have just been different I don't know I'm still I'm still angry I'm still angry Anyway, that's basically what I think I was trying to say in so many words. So, uh, hopefully, I don't have to talk to y'all again. Okay, thanks, bye! And, like, we're, 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 we're looking at these two films as two white, cisgendered yeah. queer yeah. women. Yeah. So, you know, like, these, these movies were made for us in a lot right. of ways. Like, they were made by people like us. Um, for people like us. For people like us. And the fact that we're sitting here just in horror mm -hmm. at the state of this movie, just like, how the fuck did this get greenlit? How the fuck did mm -hmm. nobody raise a red flag? Nobody raised a red flag on this. Mm -hmm. That's mind boggling. If this sucks for us as cis queer women, white cis queer women to 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 watch and to see like yeah. think about how queer women of color feel how trans women feel and like we we can sit here and be like this is the kind of queer stories that we get they all end in heartbreak but at least we have something um yeah it's not good something by any means but at least we have something and this, it's not fair to anybody <laughs> that this is what the something is and like, and like, it's like even you could have even told this exact story and still had a happy ending that doesn't reward Harper for her cruelty. Yes, I agree. Like, so, like you were saying with other people, like coming up with a better ending. 
Like yeah. where Abby ends up with Riley and Harper still ends up with somebody else and they meet and it's amicable and everybody's happy for each other and yeah. they just didn't work out and that's okay. Yeah. And like Harper's actually done some self-actualization yeah. and has become a better person and is now in a better situation to yeah. be going after the girlies. It's great. Right. So why wasn't, yeah, why wasn't she given the chance to be better? Yeah. That's my thing. Yeah. She has no repercussions. None at all. Like, at the end, she still gets the girl. She, Her and her family are better than ever. Like, mm-hmm. she doesn't... Uh, uh, that we get to see. We don't know. Maybe they went to therapy in that year between the end of the movie and the epilogue. But, like, there's no growth. Like, she doesn't have to reconcile... Yeah, and like I said, the only indication is that the engagement took later than was right. originally. Right. And that's so. it's just, it, that sucks. And I feel like this is a problem with rom-coms in general, but, like, seeing two people that definitely should not be together still end up together in the end, like, as, as it, that being the only way the movie can end in a happy ending, like... It didn't have to be that way. Like, Abby and Harper did not have to end up together to be a happy ending. And it's okay to portray that. That sometimes relationships just don't work out. Even the ones that are the basis of a rom-com. Sometimes relationships don't work out. That's a good message to portray. That that sometimes relationships just don't happen. Sometimes relationships are just toxic and they bring out the worst of people. And that doesn't mean you are you you are going to be a toxic person for the rest of your life, right? It does mean that like maybe you need to work on your shit so you aren't that person anymore, and you can be fulfilled by a relationship. I don't know, right? It's just it sucks and it's not fair. And like I when I tweeted about having finished the movie, I was just like it's it's mean. Like it just feels mean. Um. I, 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 it feels like feels like being made fun of in a way like I know that sounds really dumb but like it is written by another cis white queer woman and it's all cis white queer women <laughs> I mean like this movie was made by people like us for us and yet it still ends the way it does it still goes the way it does it just feels like being made fun of like yeah, we can be queer, but we can never be happy. Yeah. And even though they tell us, they try to sell us on the happy ending, like, we all see right through it of Harper's an abuser, and that's not a happy ending. No. It's not a happy that's, ending. That's a terrifying ending. There is, I, the amount of people I saw who said that, like, this movie reminded them of, like, horribly emotionally abusive relationships that they've been in, and I'm like, Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. like, the marriage isn't the happy end. That's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. And, like, that that's, that is a, this is an issue that happens, I mean, you know, obviously it happens in any kind of relationship, but it happens in queer relationships a lot in terms mm-hmm. of having an, a, an emotionally abusive partner and it being, you know, it's always hard to leave a, a an abuser. But, like, even it's like almost even harder when you're queer because of like 
just the virtue of you being queer um and 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 you know having to then put yourself back out there as a queer person but also like we don't talk about abuse in queer relationships no we don't we don't talk about how women can be the abusive ones too and so mm-hmm. this happens in a lot of 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 <laughs> relationships <laughs> where both partners are are women of either not recognizing that it's abuse or like excusing the fact that it's abuse because well women don't abuse other people and it's not true yeah. um and and so then to per- to perpetuate this to take this very real life thing and then be like well, the abuser wins in the end and she gets the happy ending and doesn't have to reconcile with anything she's done or said is like is is scary and it's heartbreaking to watch because then that's going to reinforce that for how many other queer women out there. Yeah. I just don't like this movie. It made me feel it it I'm just sad. You know, like initially I was extremely angry, like yelling. I was yelling at my TV. Um, You know, part of that is because, you know, I was home alone and could yell at my TV. But like I was yelling at my TV throughout this whole movie. And by the time the movie ended, I was just sad that this was supposed to be. This was good. This was going to this was our movie for this this year. This was the movie that. We were so psyched that was like we when we heard about this last year, we were like, we're gonna put this on Rose next year. Yeah. We like we knew it was coming out, so we were like, Yes, this is definitely happening. And then we found out that like it was gonna be coming to so like we weren't gonna have to like go out to the theaters to watch it yeah. or like have to put it off um until next year and like every like we were all and I feel like a lot of queer women were just like really hyped for this movie because it was like, if this was this was it, we were finally getting like the good Christmas movie we've been trying to have yeah. for so long, and it was this, yeah, and it spoke to some truths about the queer holiday experience, but it had no self awareness to realize of what it was actually saying, yeah, and that is horrifying. Yeah. And so yes, I gave it my money because I want more opportunities to come down the line. I want more queer lady rom coms with good budgets and time for reshoots and good casting and everything. Like I want that. But mm-hmm. I'm also doing it with the knowledge that like I'm condoning this sort of sick view of what our relationships can be. And I'm just kind mm-hmm. of like, should I have even done that? Should I? It's complicated. You know, because so... like I, I can, I a hundred percent agree. Like it's kind of like it's similar. It reminds me a lot of like when Wonder Woman came out. There was a lot of folks mm. who had a lot of issues with Wonder Woman, didn't like Wonder Woman, but wanted to, but still continued to go see Wonder Woman in theaters because we wanted to signal to DC and by extension Marvel that we will come, we will pay to see a female led superhero film. And it's, mm-hmm. it's similar to that in, because, because big, big um, production departments, like production studios and stuff like that, aren't going to listen to episodes 
aren't going to listen to podcasts or episodes no. like this. They're not going to listen to the every queer woman, you know. Um, they're not. They're not going to listen to the nuances of why this no. maybe this movie was maybe successful. They're either going to see this movie as successful and more movies will be made in its vein, or they're just going to be like, "See, lesbians don't sell," mm-hmm. and that's and like that's that's a that's a you know dichotomy that a lot of marginalized identities have to deal with with when it comes to representation yeah and so but like you know like we need to we need to like there just needs to be enough in the library where we can look at this and be like yeah no nobody watches happiest season anymore like that movie's garbage you know because there's so many good and wonderful things we're not at the point where there are so many good and wonderful lesbian rom-coms out there yeah you know And even in the indie world, a lot of the lesbian movies that get made are just, like, kind of dreary or just, like, very, you know, uptight and historical. And, like, it's just, like, we just we just want some of the fun that the straights have and nobody Mm -hmm. is giving it to us. Nobody is. Right. That fucking sucks. Like, there's nothing that says any of, like, the dumb Hallmarky movies that we've watched in the past or are watching this year like there's nothing that says that uh christmas on wheels couldn't have been a queer christmas movie like it just had to be better if it was i agree (laughs) it's just (laughs) that people see the default as being heterosexual and that sucks and so then we the only way that we get to exist in in a lot of the film world is in these stories of it being entirely sur- being entirely surrounding us having to come out or having some sort of like heartbreak happen because we are queer and it sucks it just yeah. sucks i just want a christmas movie that's stupid like christmas on wheels but it has two women yeah i just want to see myself and not in a you know shit's going to suck for me way you know what i mean yeah yeah it's not fair (laughs) yeah and if that's how i feel like imagine how a black queer woman is feeling right now about this movie like it's just it it sucks for all of us (laughs) yeah would you say there's anything redeemable about this movie jane jane we do love a jane we do love a Jane. And I just and, really identified with Jane. <laughs> and, and I wasn't I feeling great about that, but I was like, no, nope, I'm Jane. <laughs> I don't like that part of Dan Levy's character is like tracking everybody. Um uh, that's that, kind of weird. That's very weird. I did laugh pretty hard at his line of like, if the NSA can do it, why can't it? I was like, oh my god, okay, that's not how this I mean, works, like, okay. I mean, like, you're not wrong, but yeah. also... <laughs> but I did, I did really like his character for he the most was, part like, He was honestly, like, he was a huge light in this movie, because, like, yeah. he just got, like, because he's the one person who is, like, listening to Abby. <laughs> yeah. And, and, like, and he's, like, the sassy gay friend, but, like, He's also like the one spark of joy in Abby's yeah. life right now. And he's there to support her in ways that Harper just isn't. And so, and it's also, it's like, it's a lesbian and a gay dude hanging out. So like, of course, <laughs> of course, like she's going to have a sassy gay friend. She's in the queer community. Like the. Right. Um, right. Well, and I, I was originally like, uh, so after Abby has like kind of her big 
breakdown on the phone to to Dan Levy, um, he basically just like hangs up on her. Like he's like, I don't know how to handle this, so goodbye. I was so mad. And I was like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? But then he redeems himself by like literally coming to pick her up. Um yeah. and then sticking with her throughout yeah. the rest of Christmas and stuff like that. So that way at least she has somebody in her corner if Harper is an asshole again. Yeah. Um, it's like it's like he's there, but also you kind of realize that like, oh, he's here because he's just like he needs to be the soft landing pad for Abby if things go awry again. <laughs> yeah. It's like one yeah. impassioned speech isn't gonna be enough, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but I did I did really enjoy his character. I I enjoy Dan Levy a lot as an actor. Um and I also loved that when Abby asks about like, well, okay, so if you're here, who's taking care of the pets? And he says, My therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that violates um, some code of ethics, but okay. (laughs) But also, I can imagine him venting to his therapist about this, and his therapist (laughs) be like, "Okay, what can I do to help you? Like help her? (laughs) You want me to? I'll fucking watch the fish for you, man. Like, (laughs) like just just go help your friend, please. Oh dear God, help your friend, help your friend. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> i don't think we need to do worst because we just we have the rest of the movie <laughs> yeah um chemistry okay let's talk about chemistry for a hot second mm. mackenzie davis and kristen stewart don't have great chemistry mm. on top of all of this they it, it's just not there yeah. kristen stewart looks besotted by her at sometimes and then mackenzie davis is like yeah you're I'm here, here. <laughs> yeah i love you and so it, it it wasn't very on even ground and i think <laughs> if you had kristen on board you probably could have gone through a better roster of actresses and found somebody who like really vibed with her if you really wanted to sell this because she well, had better I- chemistry with riley than she did yes, with harper i agree i was gonna say so. like her chemistry with aubrey plaza was pretty good yeah um so like in terms of you know like usually when we talk sincerity a big part of it is like did the actors like genuinely look like they want to be there did anybody phone it in and like not a soul phoned it in for this no. movie this, is a, this was, is a big budget movie yeah, everybody gave their was, all this was fantastic in terms of acting jane um, comes off as a little cartoonish sometimes yeah. but like other otherwise this is brilliant acting across the board really yeah i agree um, but in terms of story, it's not sincere in the slightest. It thinks it is, but yeah. fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> it fuck tries you. so hard and it's like, no, no, yeah. no, this is so cynical. Yeah. So. Um, holiday cheer? No. I don't feel festive. No. No, I just feel sad. It this it was weirdly lacking holiday cheer. I mean, yeah, no, because like their house didn't feel warm. Mm-mm. Do you know what I mean? Like it yeah. didn't like it didn't quite feel like she was there for the holidays. I there's I don't know how to explain it, but it's well. I mean, I think I think a good example of like what you're trying because I'm picking up what you're putting down um 
but I think a good example is like um, the mom, uh, uh, Harper's mom trying so hard to get this family photo, this family Christmas uh-huh. photo, and not so that they have like a nice family Christmas photo. Like we mm-hmm. take a family Christmas photo every year too. Yeah. Um, but it, her whole reasoning behind it is not because like, you know, it's nice to have pictures of your family when they're all together. It's because uh, the mayor needs it on his, or the, the running mayor needs it on his Instagram feed. So, yeah. I mean, like, actually it, what I would compare. So I would say this doesn't land in terms of Christmas and like, like holiday cheer um, because I've seen it done better in the family stone which is also another movie about this extremely dysfunctional family who is awful to this woman um but it still feels like they're a family that's together for the holidays yeah and this movie doesn't get this get that point done like at all yeah so i agree i agree Uh, um, so we're drowning our sorrows in beer. I think that much is clear. <laughs> you can make a rhyme anytime. Yeah. Uh, I'll get. A, I'll grab a bottle opener. <laughs> Just honestly, we'll, we'll open a forty. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do Edward forty hands after this. One. Yeah, <laughs> that's how painful it is. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I will give you know what? I will give the movie one more small thing because you and I had texted about it that we really appreciate that Sloan and Eric, which is Sloan's now ex husband, um, co parent very well. Yes, um, they do. And that was appreciated. I appreciated yeah. that. Otherwise, and they fuck were, this movie. They were, and you know what? They were willing to indulge their children's weird interests and good for them. I don't yep. know what eight year olds need to be reading Sylvia Plath, but. You know what? They're into it. Okay, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate this movie. Yeah. I'm just sad and angry yeah. and just bummed. Yeah. This... I thought we were going to have like the bad lesbian movie, which was going to be Lesbom, and the happy-go-lucky lesbian movie, which was going to be Happiest Season. Mm-hmm. And Lesbom took the lead. Yeah, that's some bullshit. That's some bullshit right there. Yeah, and if you can, can you imagine if Lesbom had like the budget of Happiest Season, (laughs) like and the studio backing of it, and like had chance to like really go through rewrites and do reshoots and stuff like that? That like they could have actually landed a lot better. Yeah, yeah, but you know like and so like i'm wondering like part of lesbones 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 failures are just like part of like just watching another queer indie film like it's like yeah it had the potential to be great and it could never truly reach that point and that's kind of sad so i agree What are we doing next week, Abby? Um, we are watching more gay. Um, we have the Christmas house and a New York Christmas wedding. Um, I'm so interested to find out what you think of New York Christmas wedding because it's 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 a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Great, but like I recommended to you, like before the end of the film, 
And so then I got to the end of the film. I'm like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) It was like when I was texting you about holiday. (laughs) Yeah. Great. Cool. Um, but a Christmas house is remarkable because it's like Hallmark committing to like having more gay people in their movies. Yeah. So and Aaron Samuels from Mean Girls is in it. <laughs> yeah, and he is gay, like in real life, which is yeah. wonderful. Yeah. For so you, got... Glenn Coco. You go, okay. Glenn Coco. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's what we're watching next week. Um, it'll be our first one that like we record in actual December. That'll be cool. Maybe we'll be feeling like extra festive. I hope so. Yeah. Today I realized it's the first Sunday of Advent and that fucked me up. (laughs) Oh my gosh. See, and like stuff like that wouldn't even occur to me unless I was going to church regularly and I'm Mm. not. And I won't be going this year. So (laughs) (laughs) That shit's on lock in my brain. Yeah. Well, no, like we, like I went, I went to an evangelical church, but we still did the Advent thing. Yeah. So we had Advent candles. I don't think it was as big a deal, but we did the thing. <laughs> well, no, because and my church always like was willing to like incorporate like more traditional rituals mm-hmm. into everything, and it was just like why, and it mostly came from a space of why the fuck not. You like, know what? Fair. Yeah. So. We did Ash Wednesday once. That was interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah. So. <laughs> Shall we wrap uh, up? Yeah. Where can they find you ranting on Twitter? Oh, you can find me ranting on Twitter. Uh, at Abby M. Cecilia. You can also listen to me scream about Star Wars and put my fist through things on my Star Wars podcast, Loves You Beautiful Town. Um, our... Twitter is at LBT pod. And I just uploaded, we just uploaded yesterday our live watch of the Lego star Wars holiday special that Emma joined us for. And which is what I'm referencing at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. That's not clear. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, And it was a fucking delight and I had a lot of fun with it. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of fun editing it too. Um, So it, it was, it was, that was a delight. So please listen to that. Um, as a good palate cleanser from yes. <laughs> from this. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm like, are people gonna watch this movie after they listen to our episode? I don't nah, think so. That's fine. morbid curiosity or if anything. <laughs> that's fine. You know what? I there there were quite a few folks talking about the movie on the Loves Beautiful Town Discord. Um, because we have a like a little section for like talking about movies and TV and mm-hmm. um there were people that were like, you know, like I have issues, but I'm having a hard time articulating them. Or like, I don't know if I want to watch this movie. I want to hear about it first. And I'm like, Oh, we're talking about it on Rose and people were stoked for that. So, okay, um, cool. That'll be cool. So yeah, we uh, upload this pod to the lousy, beautiful town feed. Um, and so that means you can listen to us anywhere. Uh, what about you, Emma? Where can they find you? You can find me shouting at, on Twitter at emphasis, S E M F Y S underscore N E S T. Um, you can also find me on Sapphire Skywalkers. We should be recording a couple episodes coming up really soon. Um, because we have some things to say and we need to bring some other people on to also say their bits. So we will be doing that. Um, I'm you and Lynn together. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that they will do justice to what we're trying to accomplish. So, 
Um, and uh, you can find us on Twitter at Rose Till Xmas Day. There's no um, X on Degu over the Rose, so it's really just Rose Till Xmas Day. Um, <laughs> what was that <laughs> word that you used? X on Degu? Oh! Okay, so that makes more sense than what I thought I heard, which I don't even know what I thought I heard. <laughs> I just heard, it's time Degu! And I'm like, what the fuck was that? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just Rose Till Xmas Day. <laughs> and then you can also email us. And Abby really wants emails, so you should email her. Email her. <laughs> don't email me individually. <laughs> no, you can do that. <laughs> no! <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't do that. That would be weird. Um, and with that... I hope your holidays are happy and gay. Not this bullshit. See y'all later. Bye. Bye. It'll be better next week, I promise. Yay. <laughs> <laughs>